0: There's no Mishnah on Chanukah. It's very strange, and there's no Gemara called Hanukkah. It only takes part as part of the Gemara of Shabbos. Uh, but but uh, interesting. Why, you know, why the rabbis didn't devote a whole uh, section to it, and uh, but rather is it becomes part of. The Gemara becomes part of a discussion of Shabbos. Where in Shabbos? Well, we know that you have the lighting of the Shabbos candles. So when you're discussing the lighting of the Shabbos candles, there are laws of Shabbos candles, right? Uh, and uh, in, as part of the... the what's the Gemara? is talking about candles! So it contrasts it, and it talks about the... Uh, it talks about the uh, candles of Hanukkah. Trying to find a certain Gemara... Hanukkah is in the apocrypha, or what? I heard that term used. And I'm not sure what that. Well, there's no, there's no um, Megillah uh, called um, Hanukkah either. There's no Megillah called Hanukkah. There is a, a book that does not have Kiddushah called the story of the Maccabees, which is a history book. How authentic? It did. Didn't, it was not canonized. It's not part. We know the last book of the Bible is Megillah Esther. That was the last book to be canonized at the end of the. Uh, at the uh, beginning of the Second Temple, that was the end of the era of prophets. And therefore, with the, with the secession of the prophets, there would be no longer any addition. There was no way to get anything voted in, if you will. There was no way to get anything in. Um, the book of, of the Maccabees, some study it, some don't study it. Um, the reason is that it's very hard to know the authenticity of history books. You know, uh, nobody signed off on it. So it's very, very hard to know exactly the authenticity. It's uh, something to read, but you have to always take everything with a grain of salt uh, because it's hard to know. The Gemara we're going to discuss is uh, the Gemara of, we'll start with this Gemara for this week. Right, the Gemara discusses the what is the mitzvah of Chanukah, what is the requirement for the menorah, and the Gemara says like this that mitzvah's Chanukah you want to know what's the basic essential mitzvah is ner ish ubeisai, that you have to see every family is responsible to have a, a candle or a flame to advertise that the miracle of Chanukah occurred and therefore you would have to put into your, in your outside your front door actually that's how the Gemara is ideal Right. You might have seen if you ever went to Israel, you might have seen it performed that way. In America, we're fortunate, uh, I say fortunate, maybe we'll understand why later, but, but you, we put it in the window. We put it in the window that one should advertise the mitzvah. Now, this is very unique, right? The Jewish people are not such advertising people uh, of our, um, our faith. Um, but uh, but uh, this mitzvah, the whole design of the mitzvah was to publicize. It was to, to, to publicize the miracle. So it was not meant to be something that you do on the table, right? Like the Shabbos candles. The Shabbos candles, the purpose of Shabbos candles is not to broadcast to the world. It's the opposite. It's to be on your dining room table. Chanukah is not for you, but rather it's for you to say to the world, right, a miracle happened for the Jewish people. That's the purpose. Now, who it's supposed to tell? Is it supposed to tell the it Supposed to tell other Jews? That's a good question. But but the the purpose is outward, right? It's not so much inward. So, therefore, let's say a person has. I had this in the my uh, my home, my, my previous home. I had no window that went outside from downstairs. I had no front uh, facing window. In downstairs, the only window I had was one window upstairs in a bedroom. So the question was, should I light upstairs? I'm not going to see it. I'll I see it when I light the menorah, obviously, but you know, for the hour, half hour, whatever it is that it's burning, I'm not going to see the menorah. Right? So there's no question that one, the mitzvah is to light it in the window. Right? There's no question of machloket because it's not primarily for you to see, it's primarily for everybody else to see. Um, obviously, if you have a window downstairs, and you can see it, that, that, that's... If you, have a, if you have a window downstairs... Here you go. What if you have no window upstairs or downstairs? Oh, so that's a good question. What do you do? You. Uh, so mm-hmm. the So, practically, if a person has no possibility of any window that goes outside, so then it would be lit by the door on the inside. It would be lit by the door on the inside. Um, because you don't have a choice. Opposite the no, you, know, you would go back to that original. Um, the accepted custom is not to light outside. Um, uh, so therefore, it do- that way. Um, even a box outside, like not that? in the United States. The generally accepted custom was to follow Reb and that they held that that option is only reserved for Eretz Yisrael. It's not for the United States, because even though we live, Hashem should bless us, it should continue to be so, even though we live in peace, and uh, we're blessed uh, to not have the issues uh, of anti-Semitism. That's what what it's talking about. uh, That's talking about uh, the writing that even though in Europe it was impossible to light outside, because the malaria wouldn't be there five minutes later. Maybe the house would be there also, but the the malaria wouldn't be there, that's for sure. Uh, In the United States uh, until recently, and hopefully it'll continue to be good, um, uh, you could light outside and nothing's going to happen. Uh, but nonetheless, they held that one doesn't do so, one doesn't conduct oneself like that, because that's the idea of being in exile. That's how they hold it the way, that, that that's the, it's, a, the, it, it's a reminder that you are in exile. He held, uh, Rabbi held that so strongly uh, so that 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 one would light inside opposite the doorway. There's no other option um, the, and that, But the miracle is by and large a miracle of publicization, but there's only one candle. For the whole family, v'ha-mahadrin, and those that want to make the mitzvah done nicer, you want to beautify the mitzvah, you want to enhance the mitzvah. So we think of enhancing the mitzvah by getting a, a silver menorah. That, that, that's not what it says over here. That may be true, but it's not this mitzvah. V'ha-mahadrin ner lekol echad ve a candle representing each member of the household that is present at home. That's theirs. Therefore, if you have a husband and wife, you would like two candles every day in the window. So the first night, two. The second night, two. The third night, two. The fourth night, two. Then you get mahadrin. Mina mahadrin. It says the ideal performance of the mitzvah is, right, you come to a machloket. Right? You can't go too far in the Gemara without a machloket. So you have a machloket. A machloket is whether you can't you go downward, Meaning the first day you, ber- you light eight candles. The second day, seven candles. How many days are left to Hanukkah? Right? You know, uh, like almost like a spaceship. Uh, right? You're about to launch right from Cape Canaveral. So it's T minus. So it's T minus eight, T minus seven. Right? And then you have the opinion. That's the opinion of Shaman. We'll look inside in a minute. But the opinion of Beis Hillel is... No, no, thank you so much. The, the opinion of Beis Hillel is counting upward, which is obviously the more famous one because that's what we practice, which is the first night you light one candle, the second night you light two candles, you light three candles, you light four candles, and that is how you would kindle the menorah. So <clears throat> we have to discuss what's the logic of the opinion of going downward. The logic of going upward I think is a little bit easier to understand. Only be, uh, it could be because we practice that way, but 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 uh, something that we can relate with. It's the first night It's the second night What's the other opinion? We also have to <coughs> see what what are why you have an opinion, not an opinion. I'm sorry, you have uh, you, the Gemara tells us that there are three levels of the observance of the mitzvah. One is one candle every night. The second is a candle for each member of the family every night, and then the third is. A candle representing the day of the week, the the day of Hanukkah, each of them. So the middle opinion, so you have a stationary two, 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 two. Okay, but let's say, that's if you have a husband and wife at home. Let's say you have five people at home. So you have five, 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 five. Or let's say you have seven people at home. So you have seven. So... It comes out, usually when you keep upping the performance, it ups the cost. I mean, that's, that's usually right, right? when you get a car, right? You buy a higher model, it's the same car, but a higher model costs more money because it comes with more bells and whistles, right? So how does the mahadran and the mahadron mahadran work? If you're, if you have more than, right, you have to do the formula, right, which was the break-even point, right, but, but certainly you're going to end up, once you're past four at five per people at home, you're going to end up with the mahadra, mahadra costs less than the mahadra, because one is five every night. The other one is going to be five times eight is 40. If you do um, one candle, uh, I'm sorry, if you do base, if you do one candle, then two candles, then three candles, then four candles, you end up with 36 candles. Right, thirty-six candles over the course of the holiday, right? So um, I think so, if I remember the math correctly, right? I think it's thirty-six. It's forty-four including the shamish. I think so. Oh, I, I think yeah, it's forty-eight. I, I think it's forty-four with the shamish and thirty-six without the shamish. That's what I think. If I'm wrong, right, you can tell me next week. But right. So, but that, that's that's. Uh, so how does that work? So this is a question. And it really relates with two different customs of practice. In the Ashkenazic practice, in the Ashkenazic world, the custom is easily answered. The the answer is very simple. Because the third third, um, tier, or the highest tier, the third tier of the ideal, ideal performance of the mitzvah is... Not that you light in the house one menorah, first night one, second night two, third night three, right? No. You that each party lights their own menorah. So how do you understand the gemara? So the first gemara is one candle for everybody. Finished one can one candle, just one candle in the window. The second opinion is that the host, right, the host of the of the family, right, lights. Uh, One menorah with the number of candles that the people have. The third opinion, according to the Ashkenazic, is, well, you take that one candle for each person and you multiply that by each a number of people that are in the household. The way the Ashkenazim practice it is that they light... Each person lights their own menorah. So then you understand. You took before you had one candle that represented each of us, regardless of age. Roughly. Regardless of age, because you had one candle that represented us. Now you do one candle per person. We call one candle per person per night. So then you have two ways to practice it: either that each person lights their own menorah, or that the master of the house lights a menorah for each. Per- I'm sorry, lights a candle for each person for each night. Right? because you're going upward, generally upward means one, Okay, then one for each person, uh, but one for each person, but what, the same amount each night, and then the third would be one for each person for each night. So I menorah would grow. Um, and uh, that is, so either the host lights all of these candles, but generally the accepted tradition in the Ashkenazic world is that, no, every person lights their own menorah. Why? Because you're trying to accomplish two goals. You're trying to publicize the night of Hanukkah, what night it is, and you're trying to have, every person has a representation in the menorah. So that's why right, you only do that by bifurcating the menorahs, right, by putting them all in different places, right? You, you don't want to have your menorah. Let's say everybody's lighting. You don't want everybody to pick the same menorah at the same height because you don't see nothing outside, right? You just see 60 candles in the window. You want to see that the menorahs are staggered so that each person's menorah, so to speak, is publicizing the day and you see that there's a lot of people. You can count how many people are there publicizing the miracle. Um, and that is the common practice. The, the, there is, Svaradim have two different minhagim. Svaradim have two different minhagim. So, but one meaning of the Svaradim is that no, that the Gomorrah just means to say that once you switch to publicizing the miracles night, then it drops, so to speak, to a certain extent, drops away from the first uh, opinion or the other opinion. And uh, that, you know, you would only light one menorah in the window um, for everybody. Um, and uh, there are different, uh, but generally, um, I think the Ashkenazic, the more popular tradition is that everybody lights and him, you have to see. They have two different minhagim, as to how they do it. Uh, what do you do in your house? Everybody lights or just, just you light? One. No, one. Just one menorah, that's it. One menorah in the thing. Okay, each, that, that's Each person lights one menorah. Oh, each person lights one menorah. Okay, so good, so you see that, that that's a diversity. There are different minhagim in, in the Sephardic world. Um, in the Ashkenazic world, um, generally, um, uh, people all light their own menorahs. Um, The question is, uh, there are two questions regarding that. One is a husband and wife question, and one is a question, do the girls light? Should the girls light? So a husband and wife are considered regarding the menorah. Everybody agrees that a husband and wife are one unit. Are one unit. um, And they're issue based. So, right, it's all one. So the husband and wife are really one. And there'll be no need for a husband and a wife to light separate menorahs. Uh, that's a universally agreed upon. That there's no machloket. In fact, so much so are the husband and wife one unit in halacha that you have a very strange halacha. Most people don't practice it; they're not aware of it. Is that let's say the husband <coughs> is working late that night. So there is an ideal time to light the menorah till time to light the menorah, again, also not so practiced in Israel, much more so. And that is at sundown, more or less sundown, that's when you should light the menorah. Um, and uh, the Gemara and Talmudic times, for sure, that was the, really the only way to perform the mitzvah. Let's say a husband is not going to get home till later. Then the wife would light the menorah because she's lighting it, not on behalf of herself. She's lighting it on behalf of the unit called this home, this family particularly primarily the husband and wife and therefore she would light like the menorah. We rely on today that we all like together later at night, whatever reason, not, not for now. But, uh, but ideally because why husband and wife are one? The question is what do you do about girls? What do you do about girls? So there is a chassam sefer. The chassam sefer says that because before the girls are 12, Well, let's talk about a boy below bar mitzvah first, I'm sorry. A boy below bar mitzvah, should he light his own menorah? Well, that's chinuch. We know all mitzvah we train the children to do um, so that when they get older, they're going to do the mitzvah. What about girls? What about girls? So there are some safer rides that there's no... What are you training? When she's going to get married, she's not going to light the menorah. So Another therefore, is, is, she's not going to light the minig because she's going to be married. So before Bar Bas Mitzvah says, so the only question you're going to have is between when she's, uh, when she's uh, 12 and when she gets married, so those few years, the minig was never that the girl should light. Because they're always going to be at home with the father, so they're going to go from the father's home to the, to the husband's home. So based on the Chesam Sefer, it comes out... The, the opposite. Today, in the modern world, the modern world today um, is the opposite. The conclusion of the Chassam Sefer, one could say, suggests it's the exact opposite. What do I mean? Because the Chassam Sefer says, what's the whole zvara? What's the whole reason of the Chassam Sefer? Because she's going from the father's house. He says there's no gap between the father and the husband. So there's never a time that she really needs to light, and therefore the, the meaning was never that they should light. There's no, that Chazal never set it up like that. It comes at the opposite, one could argue, and this is the way that I taught the girls, the exact opposite, that they have to like them in there. Why? Because I think that it's true to say that by and large, our girls are going to go, at some point, I'm not saying good, bad, or otherwise, the reality is, is if they're going to go to college... There's going to be a gap between when their father's house and when their thing, or let's say they're gonna, they're not gonna get married necessarily at eighteen. They're gonna get married, let's say at twenty five. I don't know, make up a number. Right. So if there, any that if they're gonna be on their own for a hundred percent, there's no question. If a girl lives in an apartment by herself with other girls, it doesn't matter. She has to light the menorah. There's no, there's no machlai, There's no difference between a boy and a girl when it comes to lighting the menorah. That's filling. There's zero difference. The only reason why some have a minig that the girls don't like is because they're, they're either married, or uh, they're either in the father's house or they're married. But if there is a period where they're not going to be in either, which I think in modernity that is the case, right, that is the case, that's kufot. There's periods where they're not going to be in either. Therefore, is one would say, that the girls should light, and that's how you should raise the girls to light, and that is indeed what I did when I when I was teaching. I taught that really is is that the girls should light, right? It could be in the svarid; it's not necessary <coughs> for a different reason because they're going with a house. So whenever they get their own house, they're going to light. But that's, that's a different calculation. But in the Ashkenazic or the opinion of the svarid, where each person lights, it would seem to me. Uh, that the girls would like the menorah if one is living in a society where the girls would not be um, going necessarily from one to the other, even in an ideal situation. It's not that they're delayed getting married. That's just the process uh, so one would like. So the coming, coming so, so therefore is we have a mitzvah, right? That is one of the most important mitzvah, well, a very important mitzvah. I'll close, uh, I don't have that. Uh, I was told about 20 minutes, yeah? 20 minutes, 30 minutes, okay. So we'll, we'll share with you one interesting question to tell you the importance, this mitzvah to and generally people say, it's rabbinic, I, I, I don't do all rabbinic mitzvahs. <laughs> so somebody told me, somebody told me that they're going to be traveling during Hanukkah. and they don't have room, they don't think that they're going to be able to carry the candles with them. <laughs> so I didn't know, I didn't know candles were so big, but okay, they're not talking about to take an olive press with them. Okay, you know what I mean? I'm not talking about taking an I'm not even talking about taking a bottle of oil that's going to spill, you know, but I mean, come on. All right, say that. I told him, listen, I strongly encourage you to take the candles with you, but not for the reason that you think, because this mitzvah, don't worry so much about it now. You know, I'm sorry, if you don't worry so much about it now, you don't have to, but just know that wherever you're going to be, you're going to have to sell the shirt on your back to do this mitzvah. Because most mitzvot, right, there's a a quantifiable amount that you have to spend for the mitzvah. Right? Chazal are generally concerned. You don't know. You spend X dollars, Y dollars, whatever it is. There's only one mitzvah that the chazal say, one of the only... That you have to sell literally the shirt off your back. That's the language the expression, the shirt off your back, that's a Gamora's expression. You have to sell the shirt. So since you don't I'm not telling you to take the candles now, but it's gonna be cold. <laughs> Where you're going, because you're gonna have to sell your shirt in order to get the candles. He's going to some gosh forsaken place that no man was really designed to go. <laughs> right, right, right. You're gonna have to so you're gonna have to get a candle there. So don't worry now, but it's gonna be a problem later. Right, so that is, so that's the importance of this mitzvah and, uh, and you really see, another idea is you see is, is that any mitzvah that the Jewish people took with love always remained with love. It's an expression, any mitzvah that the Jewish people adopted, there are certain mitzvot that you see that the people adopted with love and uh, this is one of them, um, you see Hanukkah is very, very popular. A Brit Mila also is one that stayed. There's certain mitzvot that the Jewish people took to, if you will, and it remained that way. Close with one more point, and that is the idea of Mahajran, as I just mentioned. Very strange. Where do you get a mitzvah? You have the, you have the basic. You know, if you go to um, um, Walmart. Walmart has good, better, and best. and every, that, That's what they do. Everything is three levels. Good, better, and best. In, t- in learning you generally don't have this in, in halacha you don't have this sometimes you have good and better you never have good, better and best this is going on of here all of a sudden good, better and best so there are two things you see by the way there are two things that you see you, 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 when you're learning you see that there are times in Jewish history we should never know from such things they didn't have money for candles they didn't have money they like, go, more discuss not having money for wine God should make it. We should never know from such things. So that's one. You should just just appreciate the gifts that you have in life. You know, we are so blessed. You know, beyond. You know, we have to realize really the gifts, the that the miracles of life today. But the 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 second is um, coming to Hanukkah. Why is it by Hanukkah we have this? Because the whole Hanukkah was born out of a desire of the people to do more. The miracle wasn't necessary. The whole Hanukkah wasn't necessary. The fighting. Listen, they could have just said, you know, God, it's your problem, not my problem. You know, I didn't create the mess with the Romans, or the Greeks, I'm sorry. Right, you let the Greeks in. And the menorah itself, did they have to do... So we, we, we took up the battle. The Maccabees took up the battle. Matisio, the, the, the his children, they took up the battle in defense of God and the Jewish people. And then the second is came to the lighting of the menorah. They could have said, listen the oil that we have in them in in in, in Jerusalem is tameh. the halakha is the jewish law is that they could have used the the impure oil they could have used it the halakha is that if there's no other oil available you could use the impure oil but they didn't want to they said we sacrificed for god we're going to find to build, rebuild the temple or to retake temple mount that's really what it was we're gonna find, and they ripped, ripped They went jug to jug, They ripped apart the temple, so to speak, to find one jug that the Romans, in their Hamasonian raid right, attack against right, they they impured all of the, they broke all of the flasks purposely, right? Till they found one flask, right? And they said we're gonna we're going till they found it, and then they found it. So they did over and above, right? God did over and above. But that's why the mitzvah, mitzvah, when the rabbis canonized the mitzvah, they canonized the mitzvah as an over and above. Because they went out of their way, so therefore it's also geared in a tiered system. You want to do more, you want to do more. Because that's what Hanukkah is all about. Hanukkah is all about doing more than what you're required to do. And therefore that's why it's reflected in the actual um, mitzvah, in the performance of the mitzvah, is doing more and more and more. And Bezvet Hashem, just like we're lighting up then we're studying the Torah, lighting the menorah. Bezrat Hashem, Hashem should bless us that Ami Yisrael yeah, should be blessed with light and be able to do more and more as we connect more and more. Oh, no. thank you, everybody. No, 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 no. They problem? certainly could. I, I should have said no. It's not a problem at all, <laughs> but it's not required. Certainly, yeah, that a husband right and wife could light separately. Yes, hundred yeah. <laughs>